Today's daf is Gitten daf nun aluf. We are holding on daf nun amid beis. We're at the uh, the two dots in daf nun amid beis. Ein motzi and laachilas peros. So first, the gemara is going to discuss why it is that the lokech can't collect peros of a stolen field from nechasim mishubadim. We're going to elaborate on that halacha in the mishnah. Then the gemara is going to talk about we're going to bring rayas whether you're allowed to collect a davar katsuv from Nechassim Meshubadim, if there's a set amount, a known set amount, can you collect that from Nechassim Meshubadim, even if it's not Ksuva Bishtar, or does it need to be written and a set amount in order to collect from Nechassim Meshubadim? That's going to be most of Amad Aleph. The Gemara is going to have three Rayas on uh, that issue on Amad Aleph, and then at the bottom of Amad Aleph we're going to switch over to the Halacha and the Mishnah that someone who finds a Metziah, if you find a lost object, you, there's a Din that you're never going to have to take a Shavua of a Motiv if the guy that, that who owns the object, says, no, there was more here, there was more money in my wallet, what happened to all the money? So you're never going to have to take a shavuos modem mikzas by motimitziyah. And I'm the base, the Gemara is going to explain uh, the, the shita of Rabbi Lozer ben Yaakov, of the Tana Rabbi Lozer ben Yaakov, that a person is, uh, Rabbi Lozer ben Yaakov is a cryptic statement, that a person sometimes takes a shavuah al tainas atzmo, on his own taina. What does that mean? He takes a shavuah on his own taina. So we're going to try to explain the shita of Rabbi Lozer ben Yaakov to work with the Amorah Rabbi Yitzchak, who holds that sometimes a Motzei Metziah does have to take a Shavuah. We're going to show that, that that's not against uh, all the Tanaim, even though it sounds like it's against our Mishnah, because Rabbi Lazar Yaakov is actually saying that, that sometimes a Motzei Metziah, someone, someone who's Meshav Aveda, sometimes does have to take a Shavuah. And then we're probably one of the more uh, critical Gemaras or, or ideas in all of uh, Nezikin, even though we're still in Seder Nashim, but it's, it's uh, a major Nezikin idea, is the second half of Ahmed Beis is going to discuss why it is that the, what the svara is for shvuas modabimiktsas, that a person has to take a shvua on modabimiktsas hataina. So let's begin at the two dots on Dafnunam Bez. Just to remind ourselves the case that we're talking about over here in the Mishnah was we had a case of a person steals a field and then he sells the field. So let's say Ruvain steals a field and then he sells the field. Be'achrai uh, is to Shimon. Shimon has unknowingly bought a stolen field, but it's Be'achrayus. If this field ever gets taken away from Shimon, he'll be able to go back to Ruvain. And sure enough, the fellow that Ruvain stole the field from comes to Shimon and takes the field with all the payrolls in it and with all the improvements that Shimon made in it. Doesn't matter. The guy who originally owned it took the whole field away. So Shimon can go uh, to Ruvain and collect uh, the, the, uh, the, the value of the field itself from the Chasu Meshubadim, if Ruvain doesn't have anything in, uh, on hand, but he has sold other fields, Shimon could go and collect that from the Chasu Meshubadim, from the Karkos that uh, Ruvain has, has already sold. But the payros that were taken from Shimon just now, the payros in the field that were just taken from Shimon, that Shimon is only allowed to collect from the Chasim B'nei Chorin. He's only allowed to collect if Ruvain has it on hand. He's not allowed, allowed to collect it from the Chasim Meshubadim. So the question is, why? Why is that a limitation? Why, when he's collecting the payros that were just taken away from him, that were in this field, why the payros can he only go to the Chasim B'nei Chorin and not the Chasim Meshubadim? So says, my time, what's the reason? Reason for this. Gemara is going to have two possibilities. Possibility number one, Amar Ula, Amar Lakish, Lafisha in Ksuvin, because the Peros is not written down anywhere. The uh, When they wrote the Shtar on the sale of this field from Ruvain to Shimon, the Peros weren't there yet, so it doesn't say in the Shtar. All it says in the Shtar is this land was sold to this guy with Achrayus. So that that which is written in the Shtar is a Milva Bishtar you can go and collect from the Chasim Shubadim. Whatever else grew in the field afterwards, the peros that grew in the field afterwards, that's considered like a milva 
Shalpeh, that you cannot collect from the Shubadim, um, that, that you can only collect from the Chasim Nechorin. The Rashi points out, V'yavagav the Kosovlei, Anna'ekum va'ashpe zvina alin inun v'amalein v'shavcheyun u'periditun, even though we may have said explicitly in the Shtar that I am going to uh, be fully responsible for everything, for everything about this field, u'periditun, and for its peros, ahani l'chayve ba'achriyusa v'ligvim ibnei chari. That's enough to make it that the that Ruvain's going to be responsible to reimburse Shimon for the payros, but only from Bnei Chorin. Rashi says the time of the mil Kala. Because the whole reason you can generally collect from the Chasim Shabadim is because there's a call. Everyone knows about it. So anyone who's buying anything from Ruvain is fully aware that Ruvain has other dealings where it, this may come back to haunt you, where someone is going to come after these properties. But but this ksiva that he happened to have included in the language of the shtar that the peros are also included that not everybody knows about that's not a public thing what's a public thing is that Ruvain is selling the field to Shimon that everyone knows about but exactly the language of the shtar that he uses the word peros that not everyone knows about everyone will be talking about the uh, the karka because that that everyone knows about but the specifics the peros that are in the field not everybody knows about that so uh, so that's why um, you can't collect the peros from the chasim because it's not written anywhere in the shtar and even if it is written somewhere in the shtar it's not the kind of writing that will that will promote a call where the lukuchos would know to be wary of it but wait a second when it comes to supporting a wife and daughters that even though it's not actually written it's a tonight based in it's something that's as if it's written meaning if the whole vart of something being written down is that it has a call and everyone's going to know about it everyone's going to be aware about it anything that's a tonight based in that's an automatic takana it's an automatic chiyuv everyone's going to be aware of so if this guy had a wife and daughters that he has to support everyone should be aware of that as well so how come you can't take that from the chasim mushubadim our Mishnah said you're not allowed to collect that from the chasim mushubadim amalei hasam ikara hachi when the Rabbanon initially were misakin that uh, that that uh, that that he is going to be responsible uh, after he dies, his estate is responsible for the mazonos of his wife and for the mazonos of his daughters. They were dafka misakin that you should not be able to collect that from the chasim mishubadim. Why? Because they were misakin that it should be only collectible from bnei chorin, that it should be considered as if it was written down only for bnei chorin, but not from the chasim. Why did they do that? Because uh, Rashi explains most people have families so if everyone who ever had a ksuba everyone who ever got married there's going to be a shibut on all of his nechasim for the mezonos ishto abanov no one's ever going to want to buy real estate from anybody because I know that whenever I buy real estate from this guy there's always a chance that uh, that, that his wife or his daughters are going to come after me and collect this money I'd rather buy a safe 
safe investment where I know that this sale is final and I'm buying it and it's going to be mine. So, but if every human being on earth, every person, everyone with a family has an automatic shibur on their nechassim, it would stifle the real estate market in a, in, 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 in a way that would be uh, unhealthy. So we don't want that. So then when they were misakin, that the daughters and the wives get mezonos, they were dafka misakin, that they can only get mezonos from nechassim lecharin and not from nechassim meshubadim. Says the Gemara, this explanation of why it is that peros can only be collected from the chasim b'nei Choron and not from the chasim shubadim is shared by other Amoram as well. The reason peros cannot be collected from the chasim shubadim is because peros are not ksuvin. And again, what ksuvin means is not literally that it's not written down, but it's not something that creates a call. It's not written down in a way that everybody will easily find out about it and know about it. As Rashi pointed out, even if it actually is written in the Shtar, not everyone's going to be talking about it. So when this conversation was happening in this space Medrash, where it was Rabbi Asi Amr who was saying it, instead of Ula Amr who was saying it, so the same challenge was issued. What do you mean, Lufisha Ein Ksuvin? What about the Mazonisha and Banos, which is Ksuvin, it's Ki'ilu, it's written down, and nevertheless we still can't collect that from the Chasim Shubadim. Conversation happened the same exact way in Rabbi Yochanan's base Medrash as it did in Rish Lakish's base Medrash. That the answer was no, even though um, even though Mazon Isha Obanos is as if it's Ksuvin, yeah, it's as if it's Ksuvin, but they had to make the Takana initially in order not to destroy the real estate market. They had to make the Takana, they can only collect it from the Chasim Lecharin, not from the Chasim Shabbatim. So all that was one answer. The Gemara wanted to know why is it that when you're collecting the payros from the field that you had purchased and later found out was a stolen field. Why is it that the field itself, the reimbursement for the field itself, you can collect from the Chasim Shabbatim, but the payros, you're only allowed to collect from the Chasim Lecharin? So the first answer was because there is no call. No one knows about the payros, and it's not fair to the Lukuchos if you're going to go take away properties that they bought to reimburse for the payros. They had no way of being uh, wary of it. Second answer says, It's not about that there was no call, it's that it's not a set amount. The payrolls could have been anything. It could have been any amount. So what? It could have been any amount. So the Ritva says there are two ways to understand what Lefisha and Ketsuvin does for us. First is, he says the Ritva, there is a call on something that's saying Lo Kitzva, that everyone will know about it, but since Lo doesn't know how much, he's not going to know how careful to be. I mean, let's say the Lo from uh, the guy who's buying uh, Ruvain's field, is buying a $10 million real estate purchase. So he knows that there's a Shibran Peros, and that someone might come to, cl- to take away some of this for Peros. But he thinks it might be, whatever, $10,000, $5,000, so he's not going to be that wary. But if it, it might be $10 million. He doesn't know. So he doesn't know how much to be to be wary of it. So that's how the Ritva says, L'fishem Ketsuvim is also unfair to the Lukuchos, because he, even if he knows to be somewhat wary, he has no idea how wary to be. But then the Ritva says a second interpretation of what it means, L'fishem Ketsuvim, and the Ritva says, V'hi Hanachona, the correct interpretation of L'fishem Ketsuvim, is that when there's something that's in Lokitzva, there's no call. People don't, uh, don't know about it, they don't talk about it. When 
when there's something absolute and clear, then it's going to the word word about it is going to spread very quickly. But when the story is uh, fuzzy to begin with, and no one really knows exactly what it is and how much, so then it's not going to spread so quickly. The lekuchos are not going to be uh, so well aware of what it is, and uh, they may not be aware at all that there's any uh, that there's any shibud on this property. So good. So those are the two explanations. Now, Rabbi Hanina's explanation was that anything that's not kotzuv, anything that's not a set clear amount, you're not allowed to collect from the Chasim Shubadim. So Gemara is going to try to clarify what he means by that. When Rabbi Hanina says that, that only a Dover Katsuv can be collected from the Chasim Shubadim, does he mean that in addition to the requirement that it has to be Ksuvin, that it has to be something that's written down somewhere and therefore has a call, it also has to be a Dover Katsuv, or does he mean if it's a Dover Katsuv, that's enough? Even if it's not written down anywhere, just being a Dover Katsuv is enough. As Rashi explains, the Islay de Milva Alpeshi Ktsuva Tarfa Mimashabdi. According to the second possibility, even if there was a Milva Alpeh, but it was a Dover Katsuv, so I lend you money, but I lent you X amount of money, and we know exactly what the amount is, that even that you'd be able to collect from the Chasim Shubadim, even though it was a Milva Alpeh, because it's a Dover Katsuv. If you look at Tosos, Tosos points out, Pirish Bukuntra is Islay de Milva Alpeh Gov Mimashabdi. He says, I don't believe that that's what the Gemara is really entertaining over here. The possibility that if I lend you money without a shtar, since it's a davar katsuv, it's a set amount of money, that you're going to be allowed to collect from the chasm shabadim. The Gemara says explicitly, that a milval peh only collects from the chasm b'nechorin, only collects from the properties that you have on hand, cannot collect from the chasm b'shubadim. So what kind of havamina is this? That according to Rabbi Hanina, a milval peh, as long as it's a set amount, and when is a milval peh not a set amount? It's always a set I mean, he always lend X amount of money, whatever that amount might be. So it's uh, uh, so you're going to tell me that uh, that you could collect from Meshubadim? No, it's against everything we know about collecting from the Chasim Meshubadim, about a Milval Peh. says, no, we're not talking about a loan over here, says Rabbeinu Tam. We're talking about other set monetary obligations. Kigon, Pasuk that a guy marries a woman who already has a daughter from previous marriage, and he agrees, he commits to support that daughter for five years. A Dover Katsuf. Five years is Dover Katsuf. It's a set amount of, the, of, of, uh, of time. The, the Rama Milch Mechira says that that's called Eno Katsuf. The Rama Milch says five years is a set amount of time. It's not a set amount of money. You know, the, the prices could change on food, and he doesn't think that would be called Dover Katsuf. But okay, let's say he says, I'm going to give $20,000 a year for the support of your daughter. Meaning that, that, that's a, a parenthetical note in, uh, in the Tosas. Tosas is just saying that when we're talking about a Dover Katsuf over here, we're not talking about a loan. We're talking about other monetary obligations. It's only a milva alpeh that you cannot collect from the chasm shabbat because when people borrow money, they try not to advertise it. They don't let everyone know, hey, I'm borrowing money. So if it was done bishtar, they may not be trying to advertise it, but when it's done bishtar, everyone's going to find out about it because there's a sofa, there's edim. It's going it's to, word is going to get out. But when, uh, when there are other monetary obligations that a person takes upon himself, I will 
Shar Mili Avu Kamechar, Damin and Mokhsteel Be Edim Govim Nechasim Shvadim, Demand the Mazbin, Faresi Mazbin. But other types of monetary obligations, a guy is getting married, he's getting married to a woman who has a daughter from a previous marriage, he'll let the world know, yeah, I'm supporting the daughter, I committed to support her, I'm a good guy, I'm going to make sure. So that's, that's something that's going to that, that, that's be well known, and if it's well known, then you collect from Nechasim Shvadim. But the Gemara could not possibly be entertaining the idea, says Tosos, that a Milval Peh is Govim Nechasim Shvadim. But be that as it may, the Gemara's question still stands. According to Rabbi Hanina, that we're interested in whether it's a Dover Katsav or not, is that all we're interested in? Is it a Dover Katsav or not? Or are we also, does Rabbi Hanina say there's an additional requirement that it also has to be Kasuv, it also has to be written down somewhere in order to collect from Nechasim Shvadim? So the Gemara is going to try to bring three Rayas. Raya number one, Tashima. A guy dies and he had three children, two daughters, one son. So the Dina Yerusha are such that the son gets the entire Yerusha, but the daughters not only get Mizonos, not only are they uh, supported, there's a din of Isur Nechasim, that when uh, she gets uh, married, when the daughters get married, they each get 10% of the estate to, uh, for their dowry to be able to get married. So the halacha is as follows. The case runs as follows. He had two daughters and one son. One daughter went, she got married, she took her Isur Nechasim that she was allowed to take. The second daughter never took her Isur Nechasim, but then the son died. And he didn't have any children, nothing. The son died. The Yorshim now are his two sisters. So now 90% of the estate remains. So there are two ways we could... We could, we could and, and these two daughters are supposed to split it. So there are two ways we could have done this. Either we could say, okay, 90% of the estate remains. Two daughters, 45% for each of them. Or we could say, daughter number two could say to daughter number one, wait, the, only, the reason that there's only 90% of the estate left is because you already took 10% for yourself. So let me take another 10% for myself, and then there will be 80% left, and then we'll split, we'll split that evenly. So we'll each end up with 50% instead of you ending up with 55 and me with only 45. So I'm Rabbi Yochanan Shnia Vitra. Rabbi Yochanan says the second daughter is Mevater on that extra 5%. Why is she Mevater on that extra 5%? It doesn't mean that, she, that, she, that we always assume that she is Mevater. It means the Halacha forces her to be Mevater. Why, says Rashi? We don't say let her take her 10% and then we'll split it evenly. The whole reason we made a takana of Yisun Nechasim is so that the girl should be able to get married, that there should be something for her to get married with. Well, she's got 45% of her father's estate. That's, that's way more than she ever expected to get married with. That's more than four times what she expected to be able to get married with. So she can't start fetching that, no, I never got my Yisun Nechasim. You got way more than Yisun Nechasim. So uh, no worries. So therefore, she doesn't get the, uh, the Yisun Nechasim. Now, Rashi has a strange comment over here that Rabbi Kiveger uh, gets upset about. The Natli Yisun and the first daughter taking the Yisra Nechasim, Rashi says, Shazem Mishpat Habanos, that this is the normal rule for daughters, but he adds in the words, Bishas Bagrus, O Nisuin, Lito Yisra Nechasim, when they become a Bogeres, when they become an adult, or when they get married, to take Yisra Nechasim, Bachnasas Parnasas Nudunyasan, as a way of making sure that they have a proper dowry. So Rikiveger in the Gilean Hashas says, on the words, Bishas Bagrus, Ze 
Tzaruch Iyun Ma'od. He says that's uh, that's a major Tzaruch Iyun. Where in the world is Rashi getting that from? That uh, that Peshas Bagrus is Yisun Nechasim. Rabbi Kiveger in uh, in his Chidushim explains that we don't find anywhere that the daughter gets Yisun Nechasim Peshas Bagrus. It's only at Shas Nisuin that she gets it. And Adraba, we find that if she if she gets married after she becomes a Bogeres, she doesn't have Yisun Nechasim. She only gets Yisun Nechasim if she's a kid. So that's the only Parnasa she's going to have. Adraba, when she if she gets married after she's Bogaris, there is no Eastern Nechassim. What he's referring to is the Gemara. The Gemara discusses this Maseches Ksuba Samaches Amir Beis. That according to Rabbi and Lazar, if a girl is Bogaris before she gets married, she doesn't get Eastern Nechassim. And Rashi explains the Ksuba Lo Tikkun Lo Nadunya Elhecha De Mintzva Bekatnus or Benarus. Avol Bagra Istalkula Mehi Beisalagamri. That once she becomes a Bogaris, she's out of that house anyway. She's already independent. So if she's independent, she shouldn't be reliant on the uh, on the money of of the of 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 the father's estate and of the of the house, so we don't find anywhere that when she becomes a bogeris, she actually gets iser nechasim. So in the Masifta over here, he quotes from a sefer Yad Yitzchak to be miyashiv the kash of Rabbi Kiveger. That Rabbi Shimon says in Bagra that if she becomes a bogeris before she gets married, she doesn't get iser nechasim because she loses them. But if at the shas bagrus she asks for the iser nechasim, she won't lose them, and that's the zman that she that she would get the iser nechasim. Meaning Rabbi Shimon says that if she becomes a Bukharis, she loses it. It doesn't mean that she necessarily loses it. It means that if she's not uh, on top of her game and makes sure to make a claim on it as she becomes a Bukharis, she can lose it. But when she becomes a Bukharis, she's given that opportunity. That's how you might want to say in Rashi, but again, it doesn't say that anywhere in the Gemara. We don't have any clear Gemaras that say anything about that, that when a girl becomes a Bukharis, she gets to Yisun But be that as it may, we're quoting from this this idea that if a guy had two daughters and uh, one of them took the Yisru Nechassim and then the son died and now, so so the second one loses out on the Yisru Nechassim, according to uh, Rabbi Yochanan. Amr le Rabbi Hanina, Rabbi Hanina says, what do you mean, loses out? Gidolum izu amru, motzin leparnasa vein motzin lemezonos. What do you mean? For, for, for Yisru Nechassim we will even, even if the son had the entire estate and sold the entire estate, the daughter would be allowed Allowed to take her Isra Nechassim from the guy who bought it. She'd be allowed to go to the Kuchos and confiscate it, the Isra Nechassim. Now you're going to tell me, Vatam Shnia Vitra, that it wasn't, not only, it wasn't sold, it's right here in front of her. It, it, it belongs to no one but her and her sister. And now she's not going to be allowed to take it. The Isra Nechassim she could take from someone else who innocently bought the field. But now it's sitting right here in front of her, and you're not going to allow her to take Isra Nechassim. That's crazy. So says the Gemara, but wait a second. Parnasa de now, this is Isur Nechassim. It's 10%. You can't have more of a Dover Sheishel Kitzvah than that. It's a very set amount. And yet, Michtav Loksiva, it doesn't say it anywhere, the Kamotzia. And yet we see that she's allowed to take it from the Kuchos. That uh, if had the guy sold, had the guy sold the estate, then she'd be allowed to take the Yisur Nechassim from that, uh, from that estate. That's why that was Rabbi Hanina's whole point. That was the Gedolomizu. That she'd be allowed to take it. So don't you see that a Dover Kitzvah is all you need? It doesn't have to be written down. So it's a raya that Rabbi Hanina, when he says, Lufisha in Ketzuvin means Dafka and only because of Ketzuvin, says, Murno, shiny parnasa, kivin dis lakala, kemand ksivadama. That Ketzuvin uh, doesn't always mean written down, like we said before. Ketzuvin means something that everybody knows about. Everyone knows the guy had daughters, and if he had daughters, there's going to have to be a payment for the dowry. So it's a, it's a, it's a chov that everybody's aware of when they 
buy from an estate, so they're fully aware that there's going to be uh, that there's going to be an isur nechasim, and therefore it's ki'ilu it's ksuvin. Okay, so Gemara tries raya number two. Masiv Rav Huna Bar Manoach Mesu Benosei Nizonos Minechasim Benecharin. Rav Huna Bar Manoach discusses. The following case: the mission over there, Rashi fills us in. Is talking about a woman who was married and had a daughter from uh, a woman who had a daughter from a, from a previous marriage, and now she's getting remarried, but she already has a daughter. So the husband accepts Balpe to support the daughter for five years. Then she divorces that husband. Let's say a year later, marriage doesn't work out, and then she gets remarried again. And the second husband, the third husband, the, 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 she gets remarried again. That new husband also says, I'll support the daughter for five years. So the daughter is going to be able to eat a lot. She's going to have, she has support coming, full support coming from two different stepfathers to support her. So the halach is that they both have to support her. One of them will give her actual mazonos and the other one will give her demay mazonos, the value of her mazonos, because there's no reason to just give her more food than, uh, than she needs. So one will give her the food, the other one will give her demay mazonos. So that was the, uh, the, the, that, that was the case. And now, Mesu, let's say both of these guys die during those uh, five years. So, um, this is a Mishnah in Ksubus Kofalvan Beis. Both of the Bailim die during those five years. So then, Binoseihen, their daughters, meaning not this girl, their own daughters from the wife, Nizanus Minchasim Necharin, can only uh, take support from the Nechasim Necharin from properties that are still in the estate that he still had in his property. But that one girl that was there from previous marriages, she can even take her Mizonos from Nechasim Meshubadim. She can even go to properties that these uh, stepfathers have since sold. Because she has a din of a Balaschav, and a Balaschav can collect from Nechasim Meshubadim. So says Gemara, So the but, but the bottom line is before before the answer, you see over here that if it's a set amount, five years, doesn't say it in the star, you can collect from the Chasim Mishabadim. So that's a Kasha and Ula who holds that a Chov has to be Kasav Bishtar. Yes, we have to work out according to the Rambam we mentioned before, who said that five years is not a Davar Katsuv. But the Gemara's whole right over here is that it is a Davar Katsuv. That here you have a Davar Katsuv, but it's not written anywhere. It was all Al Peh. It's not written anywhere in the star. And still you're allowed to collect from the Chasim Mishabadim. So isn't this a Raya that Rabbi Hanina holds that you only need Katsuv, you don't also need Kasuv. So the Gemara answers, no. About where the Bailum were Meschayev themselves with a Kinyan to support her for five years. And a Stam Kinyan is the Ksiva Omed. So if they did a Kinyan, then it's like they, they, have, a, they, have, they have a Shtar. That's the Mishkanam Yad. If you look at Rashi, I mean, you look at Tosos, he quotes Rashi, that it's as if it was written down because a Stam Kinyan is meant to be written down. So Frek Tosos, Kasha Dim Kena, my Parachi Yachi Banos Nami, Halomani Ksiva de Banos Kedamalel. But uh, if that's the case, then why does the Gemara ask, then daughters should be the same? What do you mean? Daughters should not be the same. There is no... Uh Ksiva by Banos. Lekachnir the Kinyan Olam Tfei Miksiva. That that because remember we said that even if it is written down by daughters, it doesn't help that it's written down because then no one it would stifle the whole real estate market. No one would ever buy anything. Everyone's got daughters. Everyone's got a wife. So so the Ksiva wouldn't help. So how could the Gemara ask? Oh, if 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 it's Kiilu was Kasuv by the uh, by this uh, stepdaughter, then uh, then why shouldn't the same halacha apply that daughters should also be able to collect from Nishbadim? No, by daughter. 
daughters. Ksiva doesn't work. We said Ksiva doesn't work for daughters. So Tos says it must be that a Kenyan is stronger than Ksiva. Ksiva doesn't work for daughters, but Kanumiado, if he makes a Kenyan to commit himself to this Chiyuv, that's even stronger than Ksiva. So that's why the Gemara asks, Ihachi, if they made a Kanumiado, Banosnami, then the daughters also should be able to collect from Lachasim Shubadim. So it says Gemara, Bishkanulazu, Velokanulazu. No, he's Kanumiado to obligate himself in the stepdaughter, not in the daughters. There never was a Kenyan. So says Gemara, my Pascha, how do you know? Why would you make such an Ukimta that he made a Kenyan for one Chiyuv and not for the other Chiyuv? So Bastish told Davai Bishas Kenyan, Manila Kenyan. So when do you think this Kenyan is happening? It's happening when he's first getting married to this woman. So when he's first getting married to this woman, her daughter from a previous marriage exists already. So he'll make the Kenyan to be Mechayev himself. Bito, but when he's getting married, he doesn't have a daughter from this woman yet, so she doesn't exist yet, and therefore there's not going to be a Kenyan on his daughter. Says Gemara, is, is it not possible that his daughter exists already at the time that he's getting married? Isn't it possible that he was previously married to this woman already, and had a daughter with her, got divorced, and is now remarrying her? So there at the Shas Kenyan, the daughter does exist? So can't you say that it was Kanu Miyado on the daughter as well? Now, what we have to say is that when his, since he's obligated to support his daughter through a Tanai Beisdin, a Kenyan is not going to help. But Bas Ishto, which has nothing to do with the Tanai Beisdin, a Kenyan will help, and therefore she'll be able to collect from the Chasm Mishabadim. So says Mar, but that's crazy. Is, is the daughter going to be in a worse position because there's a Tanai Beisdin that he has to support her? The Tanai Beisdin is supposed to help her. It's supposed to make it an automatic. So now because it's a Tanai Beisdin, she's not going to be able to collect from the Shubadim. No, we say the daughter, probably he took care of already. Probably the daughter, there's some cash that was paid on the side to the daughter that we're not aware of because it was already part of a Tanai Beisdin. That's why she's not allowed to collect from the Chasim Shubadim. But the uh, the stepdaughter, we don't assume that has, has taken any payment yet. So that's why she's not allowed to collect from the Chasim Shubadim. That's why she is allowed to collect from the Chasim Shabbat. Tashima says, Mar third Raya. Am Rabbi Nassan, Amosai. Rabbi Nassan says, Amosai, when, when, when is this true? Bizman meaning, when is this true that you can't take Peros from the Chasim Mishubadim, which is the Allah of our Mishnah, that you're not allowed to collect Peros from the Chasim Mishubadim, Bizman Shekada Mechho Shalsheni, Lishivcho Shal Rishon. That's when the second guy bought the field before the first Kona was Mashpiach, the, 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 uh, the, the, um, it was Mashpiach, the stolen field. Avalkadam Shivcho Shal Rishon, the Mechho Shalsheni. But if the, uh, if before the, the, the first purchaser, uh, improved the field, the stolen field, and the only, the, if, if first the, 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 the buyer improved the field, and only afterwards the second one bought the field from the mocher. Then Then you can collect from the chasim mishubadim. So it makes it sound like it's only because the chov was uh, post dated the purchase of the field, not because the achilas peros is not written or not set or not anything. So it sounds like the, the, it, it, against everybody. The way Rashi understands, it's against Ula, it's against Rabbi Chanina. Meaning we had two explanations. Why is it that you're not 
not allowed to collect payros from the from the chasim mishabadim. So we had Ula, he said, because it's not written down anywhere, so there's no call. We had Rechanina, because it's not a set amount. Sounds like it's got nothing to do with any of that. It's all about the timing. It's all about which one happened first, which sale happened first. It has nothing to do with whether it's written down or whether it's katsuf. So says Mar Tanaihi, yeah, in you have to say that there's a machlokas tanaim. This machlokas Ula and Rabbi Chanina is ready machlokas tanaim. Detanya, ein motzin lachilus peros l'shvach harkos l'mazon yishva banos min chasim mishabadim min pnei tikkun olam l'fishein ksuvin. Where it says explicitly because you're not allowed to take these things from the chasim mishabadim only from the chasim lechor. They have a din of a milval peh because they are ein ksuvin. They are not written down. So if a milval peh um, would collect from mishabadim, then uh, no one would ever buy any field. So that's the sheet of the Tanakama, and that's exactly what Ula said. Why do you need a special takana of tikuna olam? There, anyway, it's not ksuvin, and the lokech has no idea to be careful because he doesn't know how much the chov is. So mikra din, you can't be gofer from the chasim mishubadim. You don't need a special takana. So Rabbi Chanina holds like Rabbi Yossi. Tosus points out, but wait a second. Our question showed that both are wrong. That both Rabbi Chanina and Rabbi Yossi are wrong. So how do we answer it by saying that yeah, it's a machlokas uh, the tanaim where Rabbi Yossi and Rabbi wrote Ula and Rabbi Chanina argue about is really a machlokas uh, machlokas tanaim. What do you mean? We just tried to say that both Ula and Rabbi Chanina are incorrect. So. Um, so that's what those points uh, po- points out uh, that, uh, that that you have to say a different shot that the Gemara wasn't really attacking both Ula and Rabbi Chanina that somehow the Gemara's kasha was only on Rabbi Chanina and therefore saying that it's a machlokas tanayim is okay because you could have one tana that goes like Ula and one tana that goes like Rabbi Chanina then the Mishnah had said that if you find a Metziah so you return a wallet you're being a good guy and uh, there's $100 in the wallet but the guy who lost it says what do you mean there was $200 in this wallet so is that considered a mode of mixer? So you have to swear. The Mishnah said, "No, you're not going to have to swear." Mipnei tikkun olam. Am Rabbi Yitzchak Shneiksi Kisin Kshurin Matsasa Li. If if the the guy who owned the wallet said, "You found two wallets that were tied together," Valomer Lo Matsasi Ela Echad, and the finder says, "No, I only found one wallet." Nishba. He does have to swear. Shuas mode of mixer. Shnei Shvarm Kshur Matsasa Li Valomer Lo Eli Ela Echad. But if he says, you found two of my oxen tied together, he says, no, I only found one ox, so then he doesn't have to swear. My time, what's the difference between wallets and oxen? Shvarin minatchi me'adadi. Oxen move around and they could come apart from each other. Kisin lo minatchi me'adadi. Wallets just sit there. They don't, uh, they, don't, they don't pull themselves apart from each other. Tos points out, if there is a sheet on the first paragraph of Sechus Beitza that says that Kisin, uh, sometimes also the knot becomes loose and they'll, they'll come apart from each other. So Tos says that, uh, that that's only when there's a Hochacha that, uh, that, that the guy had left $200 in, in the first place. But over here, we have no such Hochacha, so we're not going to dream up this possibility that the knot became detached. Shnei Shvan Kshur if a guy says, you found two of my accents together, you're right, but I returned one of them already, and now I'm returning the second one, that he does have to swear, because he's moda that he found two oxen, but he says that he returned one of them. Wait a second, how come you're swearing over here? You're a motzi metziah. What happened to our Mishnah, that if you find a metziah, you never have to swear, because of tikkun olam. So who does Rav Lozman Yaakov? Rav Yitzchak is assuming like Rav Lozman Yaakov is a Tana that holds that sometimes a Meshav Aveda 
when the with the guy who lost the Aved has a tainus bari against you, that sometimes you're going to have to swear. Where does Rabbi Lazim Yaakov say that? The tainus Rabbi Lazim Yaakov Amar Pam Shadam Nishval Tainas Atzmo. Sometimes a person will have to take a swear on his own taina. So Ketzad, what does that mean? That a person has to take a swear on his own taina. So Gemara says, let's say the Malva dies. Someone lends someone money and the, the lender dies. So the borrower says to the son of the, of the lender as follows, um, Your father lent me $100. And uh, I, already, uh, I already gave back half of the money. I already gave back $50. So I admit that I still owe your father $50. Now the kid didn't know, didn't know that this guy owed his father anything. He was totally unaware of this, so it's a boon. I mean, he had no idea. that. He has to swear because it's a modabimiktas. There was a $100 loan. He says that he paid back 50 so he has to swear. And that's the case of nishbal tainus hatsmo. And the chum say, what are you talking about? That's a mesh of aveda. The kid had no idea that he was, uh, was owed Anything. The guy could have kept his mouth shut and kept everything. So that's a mesh of Avedi's potter. Rablaz bin Yaakov, lastly, mesh of Aveda potter. Ask Gemar, does Rablaz bin Yaakov not hold mesh of Aveda being potter? That if a guy is mesh of Aveda, that he's totally potter? Amarav bitoa no katan. So Rav explains, no, Rablaz bin Yaakov is talking about a case where it wasn't that the guy just came out of the blue and said, I, you know, I borrowed $100 from your father and I returned 50 It's that the, the lender's child, who was a katan, made a, made a claim. And he said, hey, I think my father lent you $100. And then the lover says, no, I returned 50 of it. So that's why he has to take a shuas modem mixas. So according to that, even Rav Lezim Yaakov would agree that if it's total meishva veda, he's part from shvua. It's just that that's only... When the tovei, that's only when the, when the tovea is a shema, but when the tovea is a bari, he says, "I know that you, uh, I, I am, I have clear knowledge that you owe my father money." So even the, even even though it's only a katan, um, nevertheless, he would have to take a shavua. So that's what they're arguing. It says Gemara, katan midi mishashi ispe. Does the taina of a katan mean anything? Is there any mamashus to the taina of a katan? Vatnan einishvar na taina scherishot of a katan. Mishnah tells us not so that you don't take a shavua. It's a mishnah masecha shavuos. You don't take a shvua on a tiny scher shayt of a katan. So says no, my katan gadol. When we say katan over here, we mean a child over bar mitzvah. You know why we call him a katan? Because with his father's estate, he's considered like a katan. He has no idea what his father's business is worth. Parents don't discuss these matters with their children. But wait a second. If we're talking about a child over 13 that comes and says, You owe my father $100, how can Rabbi Lezim Yaakov call that tainas atzmo? That he's just swearing on his own. Tainas Acherim, who he's swearing because someone came after him and made a taina on him. So I answer Gemara, Tainas Acherim Vahudas Atzmo. Yeah, someone else made a taina, but he on his own was Moda that he uh, that he still owed $50. Says Gemara, well, that's what every Moda Bimiksas is. Kulu Tainas Anami Tainas Acherim Vahudas Atzmo Ninhu. Every taina is, a, is, every Moda Bimiksas is someone else makes the taina and you do the Hodah. Ella bitter rabba kamiflagi. So says Gemara. So what you have to say is go back to the original Okimta uh, that we're talking about. Tano katan. I we said you, not, you don't take a shvu on a tainus katan. That's only when the when the katan makes a taina on the pikadon that uh, and the, and and the and the the nitvas modu bemixas. And uh, that that's the uh, what the pasukim in the Torah ish v'lo katan. The pasukim talk about modu bemixas by ish. But when the when when the the ben Katan of the Malve is Tovea the Chov that he's Chayv to his father and he's Modem Mixas. Rabbi Lazar Yaakov holds that you would take a Shvuan the Chamim hold 
that even on Tainus Bnei Gadol you would not take a Shvua and Bid Rabbah Kamiflugi. Rabbi Ozzim Yaakov are arguing about about Rabbah Shita. Dama Rabbah, because Rabbah said as follows: Mipnei Ma'am Retor Amod Yeshava. Famous comment of Rabbah. Why is it that Amod Bemixas has to swear? And we don't just let him get off the hook because after all he's a Meshav Aveda because he could have been Kofar Akol and we'd believe him. He could have said, "I owe you nothing," and we would believe him. So why is it that we make him take a Shvua when he's being a good guy and he admits that he owes fifty dollars? Because Chazaka if he really owed him the full amount he never would have been we have a chazaka, a person wouldn't have that kind of azus, the Rishonim already discussed whether that chazaka still applies nowadays or nowadays people have plenty of chutzpah and they're perfectly willing to deny all sorts of money that they owe to other people so really he wanted to deny the whole thing but he couldn't deny the whole thing because he didn't have that kind of chutzpah to, to deny the whole thing, so that's why he admitted to part of it now, once he's going to be Mode, he really would have liked to admit to everything. The reason he didn't admit to everything is he was trying to stall for time. I might as well stall a little bit till I have the money because I don't have all the money on hand. So we say that we'll make the take of Shavuah so that he'll be motivated to be Mode to everything. So you see from Rabbi that the Torah requires the Shavuah's Mode mix us only when he would have been mayest to be kofar akol when he when he wouldn't be mayest to be kofar akol otherwise he'd be di- he'd be potter because he's a mesh of aveda so the gemara says ah oh, so rablazim and yaakov savar loshna bo loshna bibno eno mayest doesn't matter whether the the lender himself or his son is coming after you you wouldn't have that kind of chutzpah v'hilka klav mesh of aveda who v'rabanan savri bo who de eno mayest avul bibno mayest you 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 wouldn't have the chutzpah against the guy who lent you money but for his son you'd have plenty of chutzpah. And the fact that you did not have that ha'azah must be that you're considered like a meshav avedah. So the din of Rabbi Yitzchak is very similar to the din of Rabbi Lozer ben Yaakov. So that's why Rabbi Yitzchak is based in a shita in Tanaim. Okay, but tomorrow we'll pick up at the Mishnah.